The KXAN News Podcast is sponsored by Shelf Genie. Breaking news from KXAN News. And that breaking news off the top, singer-songwriter and guitarist David Crosby has died. He was 81 years old. Variety says his wife gave them a statement informing them of his death. That statement says Crosby was surrounded by his wife and soulmate Jan and son Django. You'll remember his life and sound ahead on NBC Nightly News. Thank you so much for being with us here on KXAN. I'm Daniel Marin. And I'm Avery Travis in for Britt Moreno tonight. More people in Central Texas are relying on food banks to help fill their fridges, but we're hearing some food banks are struggling themselves. In Hayes County, they don't have enough storage space, forcing them to sometimes turn away donations. But as KXAN's Sarah Alshea explains, help is on the way. Car after car lining up to get a box full of groceries from the Hayes County Food Bank. Cynthia Smith has been coming for years. At times, this is the only way she's put a meal on the table. Sometimes we actually don't have any food left to eat. So this is awesome. More and more people are coming to distributions. Inflation has increased that even more. Our clients are having to choose between paying their prescriptions, paying their medical bills, or affording groceries. And the food bank says it needs more storage space to handle the growth. As you can see, we are very limited on storage space here. Communications manager Iris Tate says right now it's only working with 1,000 square feet, forcing them to turn down large donations. They'll give us a call and they'll say, hey, our 18-wheeler would love to drop off pallets of food for you, but we don't have the means to accept that. But work is happening now to change that. Towards the end of 2022, the Hayes County Commissioner's Court approved $1.2 million in American Rescue Plan funds to help build a new facility. While it's still early in the process, Tate says this would allow them to store thousands of pounds of more food and distribute to even more people in the community, just like Smith. Well, I'm glad I can come and, you know, get this resource. I'm just, thank you, God. Sarah Olshah, KXAN News. Sarah, thank you. The Hayes County Food Bank says the $1.2 million from commissioners will help fund positions for consultants who will then run a feasibility study. That study will break down a timeline for building the new facility, the cost for it, and how it's going to look. This is just the first step of the process. Actor Alec Baldwin and a weapons specialist will be charged with involuntary manslaughter in the deadly shooting of a cinematographer on a New Mexico movie set. Baldwin, who was rehearsing with the pistol when the gun went off, could face 18 months in prison. Von Hilliard reports from Santa Fe. Serious charges being levied today, including involuntary manslaughter against actor Alec Baldwin after the October 2021 shooting in which Baldwin accidentally shot and killed the director of photography, the cinematographer Helena Hutchins here just outside of Santa Fe, New Mexico, while filming the Western movie Rust. This incident is one in which Alec Baldwin has consistently denied ever pulling the trigger on the Colt 45, but a bullet alive ammunition uh, went out of that gun and killed Talena Hutchins and also struck the shoulder of the director of the film. A district attorney here today uh, putting these charges not only of involuntary manslaughter on Alec Baldwin, but also the armor on the case, Hannah Gutierrez-Reed, who is the individual who put the live ammunition bullets inside of the firearm. The charges will be filed officially in the days ahead, and then summons for both defendants will come down ahead of initial court appearances. Von Hilliard, NBC News. 
first warning weather with Chief Meteorologist David Yeomans. Well, temperatures finally cooler and a little more typical for the season. The high temperatures today coming in from the Weather Service at 69, average is 63, but hey, we're not in the 70s or the 80s like we have been. 24-hour change shows that many of us, especially from Austin eastward, are about 10 degrees cooler than we were yesterday. It's a gorgeous evening with temperatures in the 60s in the metro. Here we are under beautiful, almost completely clear skies on the Indeed weather cam at the domain, looking toward that growing skyline of downtown Austin. Temperatures elsewhere pretty similar, lower and middle 60s across the board. That San Marcos sensor has been reading anomalously warm again, not buying that 73. Coming up, things look different out there tomorrow with chillier and gray weather. We'll walk you through when some weekend rain is possible. And finally, a more significant system coming here next week. Well, there's new developments in the battle over tax dollars for emergency medical services. This is happening in the city of Pflugerville. The city is served right now by Travis County Emergency Services District 2. Its firefighters respond to all medical calls inside the city limits, even though the city is contracted with a private ambulance service. Now, the ESD2 has rejected a petition for a ballot measure that would transfer money currently directed to ESD2 over to the city to create a city-run ambulance service. The ESD2 board of directors says the petition is, quote, legally insufficient, but they've not yet told us why. The ESD chief says the petition was misleading. And when you look at the petition language and what the special interest campaign is stating is vote yes for EMS. Um, and that's a very confusing message. But we also heard from the group behind the petition, who says they want service overseen by elected city leaders, not a county-appointed board. It's now looking at legal options to try to get that measure on the May 6th ballot. Well, do you remember this frightening video from earlier this week? Police in Washington have now arrested a man suspected of trying to abduct a barista through a drive through window in the Seattle area. Now, the video shows a man attempting to grab a young woman as he paid for his order, trying to pull her into his truck. He even tried to get a looped zip tie device around her head during the attack. The victim, working alone at the time, was able to break free and the suspect drove off. Police say the man had a unique tattoo on his left forearm reading Chevrolet. The police arrested the unidentified suspect at his Auburn home where investigators say they found evidence linking him to the scene. The U.S. government hit its $31 trillion debt limit today. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen warns the extraordinary measures she's taking to pay the government's bills will only last until June. A long-term solution requires congressional action. And as Drew Petromo reports, so far all signs point to gridlock. As the U.S. blew past its $31.4 trillion debt limit, Democrats and Republicans are poised for a fight that could damage the nation's economy. This is about the United States meeting its bedrock commitments as a country and as a nation. In order to pay for tax cuts and government spending already approved by Congress, lawmakers must increase the debt limit. Republicans, now in control of the U.S. House, are pushing to tie the increase to spending cuts. Just extending the credit card to continue spending recklessly is not in the interest of the American people. But the White House and congressional Democrats say reckless is using the debt limit as a bargaining chip. In a statement, Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer said it's clear who will actually pay the price for gratuitous partisan politics, American families. The last fight over the debt limit in 2011 caused stocks to fall and mortgage rates to surge, even though a deal was eventually reached. And this time, analysts fear newly empowered hardliners in the Republican Party will prevent Congress from acting. This one feels worse. These huh. people are more dug in, more determined to extract major concessions than any of the other ones I've watched go by.
Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen says the extraordinary measures she's taking will allow the government to continue paying its bills until June. If a deal is not in place after that, the U.S. could default on its debt, triggering massive job losses, plunging 401ks, and increasing the cost of borrowing. I would not be concerned about a financial crisis. For now, lawmakers on both sides are expressing confidence the debt ceiling will be raised before default happens. Drew Petromo, NBC News, Washington. Drew, thank you. The Department of Treasury says Congress has adjusted the debt limit 78 times since 1960, 49 times under Republican presidents, 29 under Democratic presidents. Saudi-funded Live Golf has a television partner five weeks before the start of its second season. The CW will air tournaments on the weekend and stream the first rounds on the CW app. The CW is the fifth largest U.S. network, and full disclosure, our parent company, Nextstar Media Group, bought 75% of the CW network back in October. Live Golf is also the lead plaintiff in an antitrust lawsuit against the PGA Tour. According to arguments in a hearing last week in California, the public investment fund of Saudi Arabia owns 93% of Live Golf. Just ahead, the new design for a new school in Uvalde. The plan for Robb Elementary, where so many students lost their lives. Plus, Texas lawmakers back in Austin, they released a preliminary budget. We're going to show you how they plan to spend your money. And when they first saw this video, some people may have thought, put down the camera, go help. They did, and it turns out this video they shot helped save lives. As Amazon cuts uh, cuts costs and nearly 18,000 jobs, it's also closing its charity donation program next month. Through Amazon Smile, the company donated 0.5% of customers' purchases to the charity of their choice, but only when ordered from Amazon's Smile website. Amazon says it's donated roughly half a billion dollars since the program launched in 2013. And we've got an update on design plans for a new elementary school in Uvalde. Last night, the school district's Moving Forward Foundation hosted its second community meeting on plans for a new school. It's going to replace Robb Elementary, where 19 students and two teachers were killed in May. That site will become a memorial park. Construction on the $50 million school, which will be two miles from the old school, is expected to begin this summer with a fall 2024 opening. It's been more than two weeks now since our last measurable rain in Austin and much of the area, our drought monitor getting a little worse with this uh, today's weekly update. This is last week. Let's keep an eye on Burnett County this week. Burnett County only getting worse, upgraded from moderate to severe drought conditions. Finally, though, the biggest rain of 2023 on the horizon. Your forecast is next. This KXAN News podcast is brought to you by Shelf Genie. I'm Rosie Newberry from KXAN Studio 512. Considering replacing your kitchen cabinets? Struggling to find or reach things? Go to shelfgenie.com slash Austin. Shelf Genie designs custom pull-out shelves for your existing cabinets, adding convenience and value to the most used room in your home. Shelf Genie custom pull-out shelves, everything in reach. Welcome back, everyone. Well, there's only one thing state lawmakers are required to do during their regular session, and that's pass a budget. Now we're getting a closer look at what battles, though, could be brewing when it comes to this year's budget. KXN's Monica Madden looks at how the first draft would spend $130 billion over the next two years. Each chamber's budget proposal is more than a thousand pages, which would look probably something like this. So it's not something that lawmakers just wrote. They've been drafting this for months. 
It's preliminary. The proposed budget includes pay raises for state employees after nearly a quarter of them quit within the last year. Both the House and Senate are proposing $15 billion for school property tax cuts, $2.5 billion for higher education, more than $4 billion for border security, and a nearly 50% increase in funds to public safety and the criminal justice budget. This is truly a historical once-in-a-lifetime budgeting session. I think these things are decisions they're able to make that won't just impact the next two years, but literally can impact in future generations. The vice chair of the House Appropriations Committee is quick to point out a lot happens between the first budget proposals and the final version being approved. There is still a lot of discussion on the table, so not all the money was spent immediately. So now we're just saying, okay, what do we need to, what do we need to fund in order to maintain a vibrant and healthy economy? The state's budget leaves more than $50 billion up for grabs. There's two possible reasons for that. One, Texas is dealing with one of its biggest budgets ever, largely due to inflation and increased sales tax revenue. The other reason is other lawmakers will likely have pet projects in need of funding, so it leaves some pad room. They have about $188 billion to play with, but the proposals only allocate about $130 billion. In Austin, Monica Madden, back to you. First warning weather with Chief Meteorologist David Yeomans. Hard to beat this kind of winter weather. Sunshine, dry air, and high temperatures today in the 60s. Here we are on Lake Marble Falls. Looking good at the Highland Furniture River City Grill camera. 66 degrees there west of Austin up in the hill country. Winds are calm in Austin, but elsewhere they are blowing lightly from the north. Five, six miles an hour. That's enough to drop our temperatures from the 70s to the 60s today. Also stirring up a little bit of pollen. Unfortunately, cedar is trending upward in the wrong direction. Cedar counts are in the high category today. Mold is medium and trending lower. The weather will not be as pretty tomorrow nor on Saturday through much of the day because even though things are pleasant right now, look at this. Clouds starting to advance our way from Mexico ahead of this, a storm system. The first of two that are heading our way. This one currently in Nevada, but it affects our weather tomorrow and early on Saturday. Storm number two. This is a more significant one. You can see this big comma shape right here out over the open Pacific. This one could provide a big impact on our forecast at last early next week. Let me show you how things change in just the next few hours. Beautiful clear skies now, but some high clouds increase late this evening. And by tomorrow morning, we have mid-level clouds that are kind of graying out the whole sky. I'm not expecting any rain to fall from these, but the sky is mainly or completely cloudy all day. Some of that low humidity dry air underneath the clouds means that even if the system tries to produce rain tomorrow, I think it evaporates largely before it hits the ground. So gray skies tomorrow, but dry weather on Saturday morning, though, that'll change for some of us. Before we wake up, the atmosphere starts to moisten up a little bit. A few sprinkles show up in the hill country before dawn. A few light rain showers possible for the rest of us, including Austin, at about 7, 8 a.m. on Saturday. Clouds and a few sprinkles continue from the metro eastward, not only through lunchtime, but through early afternoon. It'll take a while for the sun to come out in the metro area and eastward Saturday afternoon, but we should see a little glimmer of sunshine sneaking in under the clouds before the sun sets on Saturday evening. This storm, just like many others this year so far, will be very disappointing in terms of how much rain we see. Zero benefit to the lakes, zero benefit to the drought, just a couple drops in the bucket.
The rest of your weekend forecast looks a lot nicer. It's kind of gray, a little showery early on Saturday, keeping us at 62. But the sunshine comes back out with beautiful weather, a lot like today on Sunday. I think Sunday is the day to get outside with a high of 66. That's storm number one, and it's out of here late in the weekend. But storm number two, let me pause you early next week. Here it comes over the four corners on Monday, and you can tell by Tuesday it's taking a different, more direct track towards central Texas. This is going to mean bigger impacts, we think, here at home. Let's zoom in a bit. On Tuesday morning, this system has more moisture, more energy, and it's moving right toward us. That could mean widespread showers and a few thunderstorms. This could last through the day on Tuesday before exiting on Tuesday. Tuesday night. The wraparound cold air, though, especially in the upper levels of the atmosphere, could mean that a little sleep pellet mix in, mixes in locally on Tuesday evening. Now, there will be zero winter weather impacts. Temperatures will be far above freezing. This is just some upper level cold air that could produce that late Tuesday. Rainfall, no snowfall accumulations, I can assure you of that. Look at this, though, a half to one inch of rain possible on Tuesday. Over the next seven days, we could see more rain than we've had so far early in 2023. All right, tonight's forecast, 46 degrees as skies start to cloud up a bit. Tomorrow, pretty gray, 58, the coolest day we've seen this week. East-northeast winds at 5 to 15. Not thinking we see any rain tomorrow, just a slight chance of some light rain, mainly early on Saturday. After that nice cool day Sunday, warm breezes make us hit the 70s on Monday. There's the storm on Tuesday with a likelihood of rain and thunder thunderstorms. Not only chilly with that storm, but nice cool winter weather behind it. Look at the overnight lows toward the end of the seven day forecast. Most areas could see a freeze. It's incredible to believe if you've seen this video, but everyone in this avalanche in Austria survived. Just ahead, hear from someone in the group who recorded this video. Last month, this video of an avalanche in Austria made international headlines, mostly because everybody survived. And now we know why. Duke Carter spoke with a Virginia Military Institute cadet who was on vacation with family and friends when he jumped into action to save those skiers covered by snow. Oh my God! Oh my God! Oh my God. I've never seen anything that I'm, anything like that in my life. Second-year VMI student Eric Gottman was enjoying time with his family this Christmas in the Swiss Alps. It was an okay Christmas up and down, I guess. Because Christmas afternoon is when the unimaginable happened in the snow. Gottman, his brothers, and a family friend were on a boys' outing when... Holy crap! An avalanche started and buried nearly a dozen people in the slopes. That's when Gottman and his family leapt into action to do what they could do to help. The four young men skied to the location and saw about a dozen people scattered. One of them was um, lying horizontally in the snow, uh, buried up to his neck. So he was the first person that we all thought, hey, we should go dig this guy out of the snow, make sure that he's at least alive. The young men did not stop there. After rescuing one person, they attempted to help others buried in the snow. As well as making sure those people that were actually involved in it were okay. Just asking them, like, you know where you are, like, is everything all right? The boys still help people after rescue teams arrive. Surprisingly, this video helped first responders locate and save everyone trapped in the snow. It felt good knowing that um, there was something that we could do besides trying to dig people out of the snow to help. Um, and it was obviously influ influential in the saving effort. When we got back to the town that we stayed in called Steuben, um, they rang the church bells to signify that everyone was survived the avalanche and everyone was okay. This VMI student and now hero has a Christmas story of a lifetime to share. Yeah, it's a Christmas we'll never forget. Reporting. 
Another incredible video here. A small black single propeller plane landed on a beach north of San Diego today. It landed on its belly, a part of on a part of South Carlsbad State Beach with very little shoreline. You can see that there. The waves began to turn this plane around as they came in. The fire department, though, says there were three people aboard and nobody was hurt. It says this plane is often used to train new pilots. Well, tonight on KXAN, you can catch up on Law & Order with the original at 7, Special Victims Unit at 8, and Organized Crime at 9 o'clock before we're back with KXAN News at 10. Thanks for listening to KXAN News Nightly. You can also listen to KXAN News Today every morning for more in-depth coverage of what matters most to you.